Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. Good morning, everybody. If we haven't met, my name's Terry Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at the Life Christian Church, and I have been now for 30 years. I want to take a moment before I introduce our our guest speaker today um, to recognize folks who were here when we came. Um, There was an existing church 30 years ago. Um, We have been told that our story is such that... uh, that we should consider the founding of the church 30 years ago because there was a a recreation of of what was here. But there were some beautiful people who were here who asked me to come and be their pastor. And it was 54 people. Um, There was a vote and uh, 50 people said yes. The other four, they're not here today. Um, (laughs) I, I... I shouldn't have said that, and I actually don't even know. Maybe they are, but I love you anyway. But uh, that that group of people were absolutely amazing to me and Sharon, and at that time, uh, Summer and Caleb, Christian wasn't here yet, and welcomed us in and uh, and put up with a young, fiery pastor who wanted to change the world like within the next six months. And here, uh, of course, over time, many of those people, most of those people are no longer part of TLCC. A lot of them have retired, moved. Uh, There are people uh, I'm thinking about today. I'm thinking about the Campbells. I'm thinking about Brenda Alcock, who I imagine is watching on our online campus today. Uh, People like that who just in the last couple of years have retired and moved south. Um, uh, Neither one of them to North Carolina, which is why I can mention their names. Um, But uh, it, it's amazing that uh, we actually have a, still a strong representation of folks who've been with us for 30 years. And some of them are here in this service, and some of them will be here in the next service. But uh, I just want to, I, I, you know, I, I have a pastor friend who uh, celebrated 20 years and, and told me, uh, it was a church in the city, and of course this is a transitory area, they told me that there wasn't one person who was there 20 years later who had been there when they, when they started. And um, uh, I don't know what the number is, but we've got a, a great group of people who are still part of this church and who have just been amazing all these years. Guys, come on, Osric. So um, I'm so grateful for all of you who are here today, and um, it's such a a privilege to have friends like my dear friend Dan Dean. Uh, Dan, uh, the first time he visited our church, uh, we were meeting in the basement of Holy Trinity Church. It was a very small group, and um, 
Dan came to spend time with us, and trust me, there was nothing glamorous about doing that in those days. Um, and he's been coming nearly every year for 30 years. That was before he became a big Christian music superstar. But even uh, during those years, he's just been a great friend and uh, serves on the oversight group here at TLCC. We call it Presbytery. And um, I just am tremendously grateful for you, Dan. And I know Becky will be here in the second service. We love you guys so much. Um, I'm grateful for our family. Um, our kids have have made this journey easy. <clears throat> and uh, I shouldn't say easy. That wouldn't be the right word to use. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things that Sharon and I have appreciated the most about our journey here is how kind and generous this congregation has always been to our kids. And um, there were a lot of pictures of them. Many of you remember the kids when they were the younger age, but when we were building buildings and all of that, they were always right in the middle of it, always engaged, always involved. And uh, Summer will be here in the second service, uh, uh, and she's here f uh, frequently a part of the life of our church. Caleb, uh, who uh, will be watching uh, the, the online campus at 10, uh, just a fan, I couldn't be prouder. Uh, Caleb, you're, you're a great young man, I'm proud of you. And Caleb will be watching from Los Angeles this morning. And then of course, Christian and Amanda uh, are very engaged in the life of our church, still a part of our team, albeit from London. And Christian and Amanda, we love you. I'm so excited that you're hosting our online service today from uh, London. And um, it's, we've had a great journey together as a family. And at the end of the service, uh, I'll ask Sharon if she would to say a few words, but um, there's no way I can express the depth of my gratitude to my wife for being my partner in this ministry. Um, and um, this, this church, you know, I, I look out here and I see folks, you know, you might not have been a part of that original 54, but there are many of you who've been here for many, many, many years. And, you know, I see people like Dr. Abe Thomas, who's probably been here. How many years would you say, Abe? 27, something like that, 28. You know, you have people who've journeyed with you for 28 years. Um, and sits on our elder board and just traveled with me uh, to Europe during my study intensive to keep me company and to choose the restaurants that we ate at. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, you just, you can't, and I, I look around the room and I need to stop mentioning people, but there are just a lot of people uh, who, who are, literally, are this church. Uh, I, I'll call out one more. I'll call out Kevin McCollum who's been uh, uh, a part of the leadership of our staff now for how many years, Kevin? 13, 14? 14 years. Uh, you know, I, it, there's no way to tell you what that relationship means to me, Kevin and Lori, and uh, I'm going to stop. Uh, but there are a lot of people sitting in this room, you guys. Um, you, you are this church, and um, I'm so incredibly grateful for you and I'm excited about the fact and I truly believe this from the bottom of my heart that the best is yet to come.
I really believe that. There are, there are, uh, I, I feel like the past 30 years that we've built a great foundation and probably a little bit more than that, but that we've built something strong that, that can be built on for many years to come. And so the next several decades, I won't be here for all of that, but I'm going to be here, Lord willing, for a while uh, to, to, to see the future begin to become everything that we've all prayed and believed for and worked towards for all these years. And everybody in this room has uh, an opportunity to be a part of the story that's yet to be written. So Phil and Jeannie Muncy are, are uh, great friends of me and Sharon. Uh, we've known them for, uh, well, a long time, 40 years probably, uh, maybe more. And um, uh, we've, I don't know why it took us 25 years to get Phil to come and speak for us, but now it seems like he's here once every two or three months. Uh, that's a little exaggeration, but uh, Phil Muncy is, um, uh, Phil and Jeannie led a church in um, uh, Los Angeles for I think 29 years and then transitioned that church. Uh, Phil now serves as uh, the teaching pastor at Lakewood Church in uh, Houston, Texas, which is the largest single-site church in the United States. Um, pastor Joel Osteen uh, brings a message on Sunday that, that, that attracts people to uh, Jesus uh, and Scripture all over the world. Um, he has a very unique ministry that's, that's inviting people to, to consider faith in Jesus, and God's using him in amazing ways. Pastor Phil and a team of teachers, they really dig in in their Wednesday nights, and they really dig into teaching scripture and discipling the people who, who are so attracted to, to Pastor Joel and what he's doing. Um, Pastor Phil leads a network of pastors called the Champions Network, hundreds and hundreds of pastors around the country who uh, have common interest, uh, particularly uh, sharing the gospel with people who haven't heard it before. Um, so happy you're here, Pastor Phil. Please come. Everybody give Pastor Phil a great big TLCC welcome. Thank you, friend. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. What a great joy. Before I get started, I do have a... There's two or three uh, people that want to send a greeting, so if the team will just do that. Uh, isn't this wonderful celebrating what God has done? Yeah. So check this out. You guys have not only inspired us, but you've inspired the world. And we just celebrate all that God is doing. And all of you there at the Life Christian Center, you're at an awesome place. Stay planted in the house of the Lord. I know you know this, but your pastors are great leaders. They love you. They're going to help you become all God's created you to be. When I think about this last 30 years, I can't even imagine the lives that have been helped and touched and all the generations that have come out of that. So I just want to encourage you 
30 years is a long time, but I'm telling you, God's got another great 30 years in store. So keep doing what you're doing. Stay faithful to God. God sees everything that you've done. And I am so grateful that he's gathered a congregation around you that loves you and supports you and prays for you. That's one of the most important things that we can do is pray for our leaders. So thank you for being a people of faithfulness, a people of integrity. We love you and know that we are standing with you for the next 30 years. Hey, this is Caleb Smith out in Los Angeles, California. I'd like to extend a hearty congratulations to my parents for 30 years at the Life Christian Church. I'd also like to thank the people of TLCC and everyone in the community for being so welcoming all these years. I may not miss the weather, but I certainly miss the people. Congratulations, everyone. Hey everyone, Amanda and Christian here from London. We just want to wish you, TLCC, a very happy 30-year anniversary. We're so thankful to be a part of the church family, even though we're a little bit of a ways away. So we just wanted to send a quick thank you all for being a part of TLCC and a congratulations on our behalf for being the body of Christ in such a faithful way for so long. And an especially important shout out to my mom and dad or Pastor Terry and Sharon for being such faithful leaders and followers of the call that God has put on your guys' life to serve Christ and to serve the people of Christ in this world for so many years. It's so unusual. And I know I'm extremely thankful to have been able to, to grow up and watch that, to see that example. And I know that all the people who are sitting in the room right now, watching online and who have been impacted by your life are also thankful for that example as well. Happy anniversary, Happy everyone. Happy anniversary, TLCC, 30 years. Woo! <gasps> oh my goodness, I just lost all my hearing. <laughs> Me too. Happy anniversary. Well, what a day today, and uh, it is a great honor for us to be here uh, as a fellow pastor, and to come into 30 years is really uh, a beautiful moment. Um, my heart is full uh, with so much right here uh, that if I was just to uh, open up my heart and release it to you, uh, we would be here for a few days. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, but I'm very moved by this, and I, and I hope that you are too, uh, what this represents, 30 years uh, to establish a, a community that's having such incredible impact. A church like this, you can never uh, truly understand its impact. Only eternity can reveal and reward what happens when a church is formed and a community like this is established. Certainly never in one Sunday, not one week, not one month. We pastored really essentially 30 years in South Orange County, California, and transitioned out of that. But we live in that community, and it's an amazing thing to see the children and the lives that have been touched. What, what is church, and why does it matter, and why is it important that we honor and recognize and just what is the role of a shepherd when it comes to our lives and to our church, to the community, to the nation, 
to the cosmos. If I put, put a title to our talk and, 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 and I have a limited time, but that's okay because I think this has been so wonderful, I, I would ask this question, um, take me to your shepherd. Take me to your shepherd. I think we all have seen movies and that, that term and actually, as silly as it sounds, I remember the first time I heard that reference was watching the Beverly Hillbillies and coming in touch with aliens and them saying, take us to your leader. And uh, that's kind of a line that has kind of been used throughout. But I would pose the question to the human race and to every person that's ever lived on this planet. Take me to your shepherd. You see, the metaphor and the analogy and word picture of, of a shepherd and a sheep has always been dear to God. Out of all of the images that we can have, a bride, a husband, uh, of all of the things that God wants to be to the human race, the dearest is he is our shepherd and we are his sheep. The scripture tells us that before the foundation of the world, there was a lamb slain. In other words, before anything started, before the first bang, the first spark of creation as we know it, there was a lamb slain. We know what that lamb was. It was the lamb of God slain for the sins of man so that there would be redemption, knowing the path that we would take. But where there's a lamb, there's a shepherd. So God, in his best ability to connect with us as divinity to humanity, is that of a shepherd to his sheep. Now, I know often people have said sheep are, you know, uh, simple and sheep can be called many times, oh, they're just sheep. But it, it is a fact that sheep have existed since the beginning and have outlasted a lot of other spectacular species. And the one billion sheep that are on the planet provide much and are very important. And we should never insult what it means to be called a sheep or just that image. For the Bible says in Revelation 7 that Christ is both the lamb and the shepherd. So if God is not ashamed to be called a lamb and that God sees himself as a shepherd, then the most important thing you and I can grasp on this planet is God is my shepherd. I am the sheep of his pasture. Who is my under shepherd? The Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 15, and PowerPoint, no need to try to follow me. I'm moving here quickly through this. But the Bible says that we should submit and cooperate and respect the shepherds that God has put into our life. And that these shepherds carry an important role. They are to give an account to God for us. Now you think about that. Out of all of the responsibilities that keep the human race going, kings and queens and presidents and, and whether it's in the arts or whether it's in the economy or in education, 
Think of all of the important roles that humans have in order to sustain human life and to keep culture together. The role of the shepherd to God is the most. What we do weekly when we gather here or online or in small groups is much more important than what happens in Wall Street, what happens in the White House, what happens in the United Nations. There is nothing more important to God on the planet than when God's people come together. For that is where God's focus is. The scripture tells us he's done creating. He's created and set in motion all of the universe, even as it's continually to expand. That has already been set in motion. So what does God do now? Where is God's focus now? Where is the creative power of God at work now? The Bible tells us in Ephesians that we are his workmanship. That God is building a church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And though kingdoms may rise and fall, and though there'll be seasons where the church will not only be neglected, but will be persecuted, it will outlast every empire. And the greatest of men will fall, but God's church will prevail. So that when you and I find our shepherd, when we come into a covenant with the shepherd, and church is more than just a restaurant that we come and get fed at, or a social club where we interact with friends and family. The church becomes a covenant family, a binding force in society. Take me to your shepherd. I don't know how it would work, I don't know how God intends to hold all of us accountable for our lives. We know that he will. There's the judgment of sin. We've passed that as believers. There's the judgment of sons and daughters. We're living in that now. God judges what he loves. He instructs what he loves. But then we know that we'll be judged as servants we will be held accountable for the life that we lived on earth, not over heaven or hell or over any damnation, but somehow God says to us, our lives matter, and we get to be accountable for that life. And the image in Hebrews is that there'll be a shepherd there. I don't know how it works, but somehow the shepherd takes the responsibility to watch over your soul, your family, over a community, and God holds them responsible. What a role, because though government is important and though an economy is vital, the soul of the human family, the soul of every heart carries the most value. And for that, our pastors carry that role. The role of a shepherd is unique. The role of a shepherd is precious. There are 400,000 churches in this country. 65% of them are bivocational pastors. It's a role that takes on so many responsibilities. A pastor and a shepherd must provide a safe community that families and children 
and people from all different walks of life can come and know that it's a safe place to find friends, potentially find your mate, a safe place of which there are no divisive people that will take advantage of a community. It is a safe environment where we can grow and nurture a shepherd much watch for wolves and look out for people who appear to be nice and go along but have another agenda. That shepherd must be loving to all but must protect us from some. That is the role of a shepherd. This is a safe place. A place that you know that maybe you may miss a week or two and those online haven't felt comfortable in coming back in public, but you know that we're here. We will be here. 30 years says we will be here when people come and go. We stand. We stay. We protect. That is your pastor's. In order to provide a safe place, the pastor must have a heart of his own shepherd willing to lay his life down for the flock. To be able to lay your life down week after week and to stand in front of a congregation and say, I will not let any harm come to you is an emotional and physical and spiritual drain. But that he must do that they must do. And sometimes a pastor will lay his life down and people will walk over it, never intentionally. But we are a culture that doesn't understand the ethics of what the value of the church means. We are a generation that is drifted from the idea that a church means anything. What do you mean? What does church mean? Church is everything to God and God's intention to guide humanity is always through his church. That's why we should never make a God out of our government, nor should we worship any leader, no matter what side of the aisle you think of, because that's not where our redemption comes from. That's not where our guidance comes from. That's not what God uses to shepherd his human family. He uses shepherds. And it's important that shepherds are willing to love and lay their life down, even though others would walk over that and walk away without even the kindest word of thank you for all you've done for me. And it's quite common to give yourself to people, and sometimes the people you give the most to seem to appreciate it the least. But nonetheless, every Monday you wake up and you say, I will do this again. One week, two weeks, three weeks, one year, two year, 30 years. That's the heart of a shepherd to make sure that this flock is safe. A shepherd must make sure that we are sound doctrinally. Can you imagine how many fads have come through America in the last 30 years? This doctrine, that doctrine, we need more worship. We need more gifts. We need to be more evangelistic. We need this. We need that. Can you imagine all of the different crazy doctrines and fads that a pastor has got to wrestle with week after week? Mount 
this pulpit and assure you that we are sound with orthodoxy Christianity. And though there may be a lot of attention being drawn over this and over that, we will be sound. We are commanded to teach sound doctrine so you and your family can be assured that we will not drift from our calling as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must create an environment, a shepherd that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It is so easy to start a church with a spiritual passion and then drift from that gift and have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. It's so much easier to tell the Holy Spirit to just stay outside in the hallway because you sometimes wreck things. You sometimes mess with us. Sometimes you do things and say things and cause things to happen that we can't control. So we'd rather have a form and no power. But do you know what it's like to have a pastor who will wrestle in prayer, cry and weep and intercede to say, God, without you, no matter how much study, no matter how much structure, know how much planning at the end of the day, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God to have a pastor who believes in the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. It's worth putting your hands together and say, thank you. Take me to your shepherd. To have a church that's a stronghold in the community, that will lift up a standard of morals, that will lift up a standard of the character of God, that bless this nation, that holds us together. One scripture makes reference to the church as a restrainer. And now I want to speak prophetically just for a couple moments. For indeed, this church is a restrainer against evil. There's been a restraining order against evil. And this church, you and I, that have decided to come together in covenant, have become a stronghold. If you think the evil you see now frightens you, if you think an out-of-control culture that's going everywhere but loose if you think that what you see in our culture of hate, division, and blurriness of the lines of what's right or wrong, you haven't seen anything. Because if for one hour the restraining order of the church somehow was lifted, you would see evil so bad. The Bible says that God once said he repented that he made man because of the potential that we can be of such evil evil to each other and to ourself. But thank God, this church has a restraining authority that says evil, you can only go so far. Darkness, you can only go so far. For there is a salt of the earth, the light of the world, a city on a hill called the Live Christian Church that has found a footing of resistance, a worldview that will outlast the winds of doctrines that come and go and flow, leaving much damage. This church is a stronghold. Your pastors are shepherds that want to maintain a voice of favor and influence in this community. 
Prophetically, I will tell you, and it has happened seemingly rapidly, but no, it's been a long march, but the Tower of Babel seemingly is being erected so quickly, so fast, this Tower of Babel. That, a the, that appears to be built all the way to heaven as if there is no God, as if there's no accountability, as if we are our own gods and we can make up the rules as we go. This Tower of Babel looks magnificent. It looks like, man, maybe we don't need God and maybe God's moral laws are not even needing to be heeded to. But I will tell you, the tower is tipping I will tell you that Babylon is falling. And when it does, it will be you and I, people like you and I that have found their shepherd and had made covenant with one another. Because when Babylon falls, the church stands and there will be redemption. There will be light. There will be God's church. A pastor must secure a legacy so that everything is not just built on them and now, but sets in motion a legacy so that your children and your children's children can have equity in a house of God. That takes being strong. I'm closing. That takes sacrifice. That takes a tenacity that this month, 1,700 pastors in this country are saying this month, I'm done, I'm tired, I'm weary. This is way past my pay grade. I can't be a lawyer. I can't raise money. I can't teach sound doctrine. I can't create a community that's safe. I can't continue to build a worldview for our people to stand strong. I'm weary. And they did it last month, and they'll do it next month. 1,700 pastors resign every month from pastoring in this country. But today, I've come with an anointing. I've come today to say to you, we have something precious. We have something valuable. We have something that out of all of the things we're involved in, a thousand years from now on the other side of eternity, take me to your shepherd. We'll be the thing that will resonate and will mean something. And so today I pray and that means the sermon's over there, right there. Right there. There's the cue. (laughs) today my question to you is take me to your shepherd a church this size which you should know there's really only 1200 churches that are this size or bigger so you are a rare breed you're in the single digits of such a beautiful community of hundreds and hundreds of people this is a rare exception It's rarer to have a pastor that would found and build and be here for 30 years. 30 is the new 50. And I can tell you, because he's my friend, I can tell you, there's a lot of Monday mornings when you wake up and it feels like it's been 50 years. But then every week, he catches his breath. Sharon and Terry regroup. And they say, let's do it again. 
And like children in a household that have no ideals of the bills that have to be paid, have no ideal of why mom and dad tell them to turn off the light, like children moving in and out, why mom and dad says, don't go there, don't go to their house, don't do this, don't dress that way, don't watch that show, don't do this, don't do that. Pastors must tell grown people, highly educated people, educated people in a, in a country that prides itself on individuality and its own right. No, 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 we can't go there. There's danger ahead there. There's wolves that want to devour you there. Don't go down that path. Watchmen, what of the night? And a pastor wrestles with that. So you can come and go as you please. But when you come and when you go, you touch a place that's safe. You touch a place that is sound. You touch a place that's a stronghold in a culture that needs us so desperately. You touch a place that's secure that's going to be here next week, next month, next year, next decade, next generation. For that, we owe God, our great shepherd. And we say, we give honor to our under shepherd in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. We're safe because of you, Pastor Terry and Sharon. Thank you that we're sound in doctrine because you work the word and study the word. Thank you that we have a worldview that will outlast when Babylon falls. Thank you for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you have secured a future for us. Just remain standing for a moment. If you do not mind, may I be so bold to ask you to use your hands as your heart and let me pray over you. But would you look at me as I pray for you? I speak to you and, and I say, first of all, thank you. Hold your place. You count. Today, I hope that you will somehow recognize how valuable the church is to God how God is more concerned about his church than anything, than anything. Today, God is consumed with what's going on with his church around the world in this country. I want you to understand God's heart. And when you pray, don't just pray, my father which art in heaven, pray our father and know that his church is precious to him. You be precious to that. I ask you so kindly to take this mantle and say in your heart, I count and I can be counted on because that's the value of church. Because this church is not just these walls. It's not just these lights. The church is people that are accountable to each other that won't break rank. That's church. We are not a crowd of people coming to be entertained. We are a powerful force on the earth that God has invested, the Bible says, and bought us with his own blood. I speak that you will embrace what church means. It is a place that we have access to God that you cannot have individually. I pray that you will embrace the accountability factor that you count and can be counted on. And the more you miss the less you're missed and the more you fail to recognize 
how valuable, how valuable your place is in the house of God. I pray that you would recognize the authority that you have as a church, as a restraining force against darkness. Oh, we may not look powerful. The people may be passing this street and looking at the car saying, what are those poor people doing, wasting a Sunday, going to church? They do not know we are restraining evil. And even though they don't appreciate it, may not understand it, we are putting a restraint on evil. And we shall even more so. And lastly, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes when we gather whether it's online under the authority of this house, whether it's in our homes and small groups, or when we gather like this. And so with your hands extended, I anoint you today with fresh oil that you would again recognize the place that you carry. I anoint Pastor Terry and Pastor Sharon and the whole team. And I speak that from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, there will be an oil that will bring energy, renewal, strength, a fragrance of joy. All friction shall be eliminated and this oil shall restore their soul. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you that you've given us a shepherd. Amen. I love you. Thank you. So kind.